This podcast is sponsored by Agape Match. Agape Match is a boutique matchmaking service that caters to exceptional singles. To learn more about how I can help you, go to agapematch.com. Welcome to Ask a Matchmaker. I'm your host, Matchmaker Maria. For over a decade, I have combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, each week I bring a guest on to talk about dating and relationships while answering your questions. You can ask a question by visiting askamatchmaker.com. In this week's episode, I'm speaking to matchmaker Krasula. She's visiting us again to help recap Ask a Matchmaker Thanksgiving edition, and we'll also take a few reader emails. Welcome, welcome, welcome again, Krasula. Hi. How's Couldn't get enough of me, huh? I could not get enough of you. Not you. The fan. <laughs> My two fans, my husband and uh, my one other fan. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. It was with you. (laughs) That's right. You're my bubble. If you are looking at the promo post of this or, uh, and you're wondering why we kind of look alike, it's because we're sisters. We're both fourth generation matchmakers. After Thanksgiving, Maria changed her son into pajamas and he just ran into the living room and he was just like, hi, I'm here. And he like posed in front of everybody. So I think that's matchmaker quality. All four kids are definitely going to be uh, summer interns. Last week, we, you know, every Thanksgiving, this is the third Thanksgiving, um, we do Ask a Matchmaker special edition all week on Instagram. And that is where I take your questions and answer them every single day for the whole week. And at the same time this year, now that Instagram allows for donation buttons, I added a donation button to Ask a Matchmaker, which was excellent because we raised a ton of money for World Central Kitchen. My goal going into Ask a Matchmaker Thanksgiving was let's raise a thousand dollars. I thought that was actually a really ambitious goal. But on day one, you know, with all everyone was sending in these $5 donations, price of a latte as someone had uh, messaged us, and we got to 300 on the first day. By the end of the week, do you know how much we raised? $1,650, $1,650, which I mean, is predominantly just $5 donations um, from the people who like who feel entertained or ask questions from Ask a Matchmaker. And I'm just so thankful and grateful and humbled by my following who, you know, contributed to some, you know, this amazing cause at a time when, you know, the United States and, and many parts of this world, if not most of this world is currently experiencing food insecurity. So I thought that was just, you know, not only a good cause, but, you know, great people that participated. And I just, I just really love, I just really love my followers. You know, every week there's certain themes and waves. I feel like while we're right now at the, at an apex and apex, I don't know if it's the apex, but an apex of coronavirus cases, COVID-19 cases, a lot of the questions dealt with, you know, should we kiss on the first date? Should we have sex on the second date? Like, I get that some of you are FaceTiming ahead of time, but... Newsflash. No. (laughs) We're still in a global pandemic. Do you know where you are? (laughs) Do you know what year it is? (laughs) There is a way around this. What do you think about that? Do you feel like if someone has had a Zoom date as their first date, do you, and they like each other and they go on a second date and that date is in person, should they kiss on that date? 
everybody's look, everybody's circumstances is different and everybody's comfort levels are different. Everybody's bumbles are different. Everybody's, everybody's bubbles are different. Yeah. I heard bumbles. What did I say? <laughs> What's the word? Bumble? Everybody's bubbles. <laughs> are you serious? What? What's bumble? What's bumble? Bumble, bumble is a dating app. Okay. Well, okay. Please uh, tell I, me you've been calling them bumbles this whole time. Have I? you have because you're like the only person in my bubble and I've you know I would have noticed if you called it a bumble well everybody's bumble profiles are also different anyway (laughs) everybody's situations are different how many first dates have we kissed men and or women and uh that just didn't go to anything like I feel like you know it's the same thing like sometimes people don't feel sparks on the first date they feel them on the second date or whatever but they could still get married and it's like because people put so much emphasis on the spark on the first date, you can disregard someone really quickly for no, you know, for, for no reason. And I think it's the, I think it's like the opposite is the case here. It's we have kissed so many people that were not worth those first kisses. Mm. So, you know, just waiting a few extra dates and, you know, before the date, just have that conversation with that person. Hey, um, you know, I can't wait to go on a date with you. We're going to wear masks on our date. You know, tell me a little bit more about your bubble. Like that, I think is a really great conversation to have before you meet in person. I think it's an acceptable conversation to have. Tell me more about your bubble, especially if you're dating a single parent, because, you know, they have now the other, you know, their ex's bubble. And does that ex date as well? Because now you have multiple bubbles that are seeing each other on a weekly basis or on a daily basis. So, you know, ask about your, ask about the bubble. There's, it's okay to have a bubble conversation on Bumble if you want. (laughs) You know, what's really funny is I received um, a lot of people disagreeing with me because I had written, you know, I wouldn't kiss on the first date or even the second date. Like, it's okay. You just build up some sexual tension. It's okay. Um, And I assume that the first date's in, in over Zoom and the second date is in person. And the people that disagreed with me the most uh, were Canadians. And each time they're like, well, I'm in Vancouver or I'm in Toronto. And I go, yeah, you guys have handled this better than us. Like, get out of here. Get out of here. You guys have to, it's like if someone from New Zealand contacted me, they're like, yeah, well, we're spending Christmas together with all of our friends and family. Like, oh, get out of here. You guys did a great job. This is not about you. I think most of our listeners and most of my followers are in the United States. And I think our, and I I would explain to them, I would say, you know, this is more for the U S person that was asking me and they're like, Oh, right. You guys did a horrible job. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about some other questions that we had, that I had received last week. All right. So this one, this one got me heated. I'm probably going to post this on the feed this week. Is there a difference between dating exclusively versus boyfriend and girlfriend? Oh, such a good question. Such a good question. That's, that's exactly my answer. I, I hate this. Only in North America. I don't know if this happens in Canada, so I'm just going to say North America. Do you have this? Because like anytime I've spoken to people in Europe or, uh, or you know, I, I've dated in Europe. If we are exclusive to each other, that's it. You're, you're my boyfriend. Why are you having two separate conversations? Who is that for? I get this question all the time. Like, oh, we're exclusive. But when do I bring up that we're boyfriend or girlfriend? I go, when you had the exclusive talk, you should bring it up. I feel like if it's the one conversation and if it's two separate conversations, I think that says more about the relationship you think you're having versus the relationship he thinks he's having. Another question we got. Okay. This is a really good one. I've gotten, I've received this kind of question in many different form and formats uh, in the sense of different cities being plugged in. But this person wrote, I live in New York city. I'm spending the winter in Florida. Is it okay to swipe in New York the whole time? I'm not interested in Florida men. And 
my response to this was there's a lot of New Yorkers in Florida right now. Just date there. But at the same time, like I think sometimes we become so exclusive on the city that we're living in that we can't even open up our eyes to even a different possibility of living in a different city. I mean, I agree. You never know. You can meet a, a born bred New Yorker who's never left New York and Three years later, down the line, you both decide you want to go live in Colorado because your interests and your life changes have changed, you know? So you just never know. I actually had somebody I contacted just the other day who was like, oh, I'm going to be, I'm in New York, but I'm going to be in Florida until the spring. And she asked me the same exact question. Should I be dating in Florida, even though I'm, I'm technically in New York? And I'm like, yeah, you should be dating in Florida, if you're going to be there for the next six months, what else are you supposed to be doing? I just don't like it when people are just married to this one city that they're not even living in. Like, who is that? I I feel like this is going to be my new email signature. Who is this for? You know, um, I get that your job is there, but if you meet someone who makes you happy, then you can start a long distance relationship six months from now. You can um, maybe convince them to move with you, or maybe you might find, you know, what I think COVID-19 has done for many people's realities is made them into virtual workers. Like, you know, we had a client who doesn't need to be in New York anymore. So he moved to Denver and he will be, he said, you know, he'll be flying into New York for meetings um, a few days a month. And he'll just be living full-time in Denver. And I feel like that is a, that is going to become very popular. I also think, you know, uh, when I responded to this, I received a lot of other responses from Florida women who are like, Florida men are trash. And there's a lot of good people everywhere. I don't think I could say the same thing about New York. There's a lot of trash men in New York. There's a lot of trash men in LA. There's a lot of trash men in Boston. Like uh, the amount of DMs I get about the trash men in San Diego, I could, you know, but I also believe that there's really good men everywhere too. And I think it's just about being open to the possibility of meeting those people. I mean, I feel like it's just change your mindset. If you, if you consistently think there's trash men in the city that I live in, then you're always going to, every time you meet somebody, you're mm-hmm. going to go in thinking this man is not for me. And you've already predetermined the outcome. If you just change the mindset, then abundance mindset, go into it. At, what do we always say? Like every person is an opportunity. So it's just right change your mindset. Like this person is looking at dating already as a negative. And so instead of looking at it as an opportunity to meet new people and experience and get more experience in the dating scene, you literally do not know where your life will take you in 10 years. You could start off in California and with the person that's for you. And three years later, you end up in Seattle. And then four years later, you will end up in Florida where you thought you would never live. So <laughs> you, you do not know where your life will take you. This is a good one. A little holiday-esque. Boyfriend is not big on holidays and I am. Advice on how to handle. My response to this was ask him, but I definitely want to talk about this. What are we talking about here? <laughs> are we talking about like Hallmark movie? Like everything is Christmas. Like Christmas threw up in my house. Holiday extravaganza. December big holiday person or like I enjoy a nice candle that smells like Christmas. I I don't know. I feel like there's we need more context here. I like spending, you know, Christmas with my family and wearing the the pajamas and stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like this holiday, this is going to sound really stupid, but um, I feel like this holiday didn't really have a lot of meaning for me 
since I was a kid. Now as an adult, now that my eldest is three years old and he understands like that there's a Christmas tree and there's a Santa Claus. And although every morning Yanni asks if Santa came down because <laughs> we have a Christmas tree up. So he like wakes up every morning thinking like, is it Christmas? Is Santa, did Santa come? And I'm like, no. <laughs> um, but I feel like having a kid gives like the holiday new meaning. And I think if, you know, I have a feeling that if you had children with this person, you know, the big on holidays, you kind of adapt to the holiday around your kids because you want them to be excited, whatever you're celebrating, right? Be it Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, whatever. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, it's what you said. It's the range, right? Is did Christmas throw up in your living room or do you have a I, I feel like we need more context here because look, I, I have a husband who could care less about, you know, him, Maria. He's like pretty chill. He does not really care about this type of stuff but um he lets me you know he lets me decorate my house as if Christmas threw up in it and it, he doesn't have anything bad to say about it so is so live your truth it? live your own life <laughs> yeah That's like is I, that, he, yeah I don't need more context like, to understand is he saying like do not decorate or is he like look oh sure I'll we can drive around to see the Christmas, like, you know, we have to find a balance here because if he doesn't really care about going to see all the Christmas tree lights and stuff like that, you could also just go with a friend, you know, like it's, if, if he doesn't want to do it because that's not his thing, but you have a really enthusiastic friend that does, then you could always just do it with that person. I don't know. Mm. Um, I feel like you should have a conversation with this person and tell them, you know, here's how I have learned to, celebrate the holidays tell me a little bit more about you know your family and how you learned how to celebrate the holidays what do you appreciate about this like it's a conversation it's a very simple conversation and you know from there uh, I would say you know live your truth if you're the kind of person who likes to put you know Christmas stockings up and a tree and lights do it go for it um and you know it's just part of your living room for six weeks it's not a big deal you don't know I don't know what this what you're what your boyfriend's background is. Maybe he's had really shitty um, holiday experiences with mm. his family. Mm. Uh, you know, he could be like a Chandler who like does not like Thanksgiving and stuff. But, you know, you could use this example as a way to create new experiences with your partner and say, why don't we create our own tradition? Mm. Uh, what Whether that's like going every year and picking out your own or giving each other as a gift, an ornament right. or doing your own ornament thing or doing the pajama thing or doing something that's super special to you. Like maybe every single year you do, uh, you know, Christmas Eve, you always do gingerbread houses or you always mm. watch a, a specific movie. So that could be something that you do going forth uh, as a tradition. And that's your thing going forward. Speaking of the holidays, worlds collided this week. Did you what see you what happened with Erica? So Erica, our online dating manager, rewrote 30 Rock Trees Tinder profile. Oh. <laughs> and it's it's so funny. Just tons of puns. It's really great. And it was on the evening news. And when I say worlds colliding, 30 Rock Trees, a parody account of the Rockefeller Christmas tree, which is run by my producer, Matt Hayes. And it was fantastic to see it on the news because it was, you know, it's, it showed um, a lot of Erica's talents, but also like the genius behind, you know, having 
having someone who has a bit of wit and snark when it comes to Christmas and the tree. And in fact, you know, this year's tree, it, you know, didn't come out, I think as a, you know, a true representation of what 2020 has represented for the, yeah, some leaning branches and whatnot. But, you know, I think, I think it was a really good profile and it, and it came out really well. It even says under age 89 years old because it's an 89 year old tree, which I think is a uh, pretty genius. So yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of Erica. I'm really proud of Matt. Way to go guys. <laughs> All right. So we received one closure letter, which we'll be reading. And also uh, someone asked me a question and I just told her, I was like, can you just email me this? Cause I don't understand what's happening. And sometimes it just does not fit in the DM. I need more context. So let's, uh, let's, let's start off the question. Hi, Maria. A few months ago, I started dating a man who was perfect for me in every way. I hate it when things start like this, but okay. We were compatible on so many levels and he treated me with so much respect and consideration. After about two weeks, I remember coming home and telling my sister, I think I'm going to marry him. Shortly after this, I caught him in a lie about his past romantic relationships. He tried to explain things, but it all boiled down to making himself look better and wanting to have a fresh start with me. Having trust issues, I immediately ended things because I thought if he lied about that, then what else could he have lied about? Months went by and we started to talk to talk again as friends, parentheses, I know, I know, and parentheses. It has now been four months and he has continued to be nothing but the kind, thoughtful, considerate person I knew him to be. The connection is obviously still there, but I struggle to decide if the relationship could ever work given how it started. And uh, I've replied back naturally. What was the lie and how old are you? And she wrote here, I'm 31. He is 43. He lied to me about still being divorced. He was separated, still technically married. And when we first started dating, he would say he hadn't been with a woman in over five years or that he had never, I don't know what this word, he had never seated before. Um, cheated before maybe oh that's right maybe cheated before this wasn't true because he had even dated women after being separated why lie about something so stupid oh obviously we know why he lied why did he lie (laughs) because he was trying to make her feel special i mean it sounds like he was love bombing her this is a classic example of love bombing this woman after two weeks said to her sister i think i could marry him after Mm. only two weeks of knowing this person and then she confesses later on that she has serious trust issues. She's been hurt before in her previous relationships. Mm-hmm. And here comes this guy who's probably, exi- I don't know, past history, mm-hmm. past relationship history, but assuming he comes along and he's saying things that you want to hear and it sounds really good and it's really good validation. But this is a really good example of love bombing. And the reason he lied to you is because he wanted to make you feel special. And he's right. probably lying to the other women before you uh, and the women before that. And he was probably cheating on his wife. Who knows what he was saying to her? And I would really just block this person and never speak to him again. This guy is bad news. Just the little snippets of what you're saying. You know him for two weeks and he's already lying. He's already lying to you. And t- why does... Why... Is there so much drama in two weeks of knowing somebody? And why are you okay with accepting this level of drama? And now this guy is creeping back again into your life and he's doing really subtle things, super subtle, that's making you say, hmm, he's not so bad. Maybe he's changed. 
and everything is kind of subtle. No, block him. Block, block, block. This guy's bad news. I mean, just the lie in itself. Like the the thing that to me is the red flag is he would say he hadn't been with a woman in over five years. Like it's exactly what you said. That is love bombing. It's just to make you feel special. And that is the red flag. Everything else is like, uh, you're clearly, it seems like you're probably my anxious person. And maybe you, you know, you said you have trust issues, whatever, but that sentence because she quoted it she put it in quotes he hadn't been with a woman over five years that's just so not good and i'm sure i feel like if you did have if you did if you were intimate with him Mm -hmm. i can guarantee you right after he was probably like wow right that was the most amazing experience Mm -hmm. no one's ever made me feel like that he probably made you feel so amazing I mean, it's okay if someone in the beginning of you dating say, wow, you know, I've never, and I say this very cautiously and I'm trying to find the right words. I've never met someone like you. you and then it depends on what that follow-up statement is. If they say stuff like, um, I've never met someone like you. And the next sentence is you are, you know, really interesting. Or I've never met someone like you. You're really ambitious. Like it's about you and not about them. You have to really pay attention to the sentences that are said in the beginning of a relationship and like what is being said, how it's being communicated to you. When is it being communicated to you? Now, in terms of their ages, you know, somebody asked this, something similar. It's not this person, but someone asked me last week during the Thanksgiving stuff. I'm trying to remember. I'm not, I don't remember the words right in front of me, but I don't have the words right in front of me. So I'm trying to recall it. As, as best as I can, you know, she was 31 and he was 49 and he already has kids. And he's saying to her that I want to have kids, but I don't, I don't know if we're exclusive yet. I don't know if you're my girlfriend yet or whatever. And, you know, frankly, I've, I've had clients like that who tell us, oh yeah, I want to I tell them I want to have kids. <laughs> and the reality is actually, they don't want to have kids. They just want to date younger women. And they think that's what younger women want to hear, which is true. Younger women would be, most younger women are open to dating older men, as long as they can still have children. And, uh, you know, it's always, uh, I hate that when that happens, it's usually when we terminate our relationship with that client as well. You know, if we see that there's a discrepancy in what they're saying versus their actions. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you are a young woman dating a man who already has children and he is much older and by much older, I mean, let's say over 44, over 45 years old. And he's telling you, I want to have kids, but he's still very elusive about the exclusivity, boyfriend, girlfriend title, what your future looks like in the next three years. You need to terminate that because chances are he's dating you because you are young, not because you share the same three-year life goals, five-year life goals. I agree because if a man is 45 years old, he already knows if he wants to have kids or not or to have more kids, right? Yeah, oh yeah. It's, it's the same as a woman. There are women that are, that are, that are 28 years old that are like, nope, I know I do not want to have kids and that's perfectly okay. And there are women that are 42 years old and they're like, nope, I do not want to have kids and that's perfectly okay. And we should expect the same, the same decision-making skills for men. Right. So when a man is telling you, "Mm, I don't know, maybe if I meet the right person, no, no, no. A 45 year old man. Yes or no question. A 45, exactly. A 45 year old man knows exactly what he wants and if he wants it. It's not all if I meet the right person. It's yes or no. You're right. So do not waste your time with somebody who is not looking for the same things that you do, you want. It's going to be a a relationship of of where you're going to end and it's going to be a lot of bitterness and resentment. 
I mean, we're four weeks to a new year after experiencing the stupidest year ever because of the pandemic. And I feel like if you are currently in a relationship with confusion, do not confuse yourself this holiday season with someone that's just not worth carrying on to the next year. End it. Just, just do it. Just break it off now. You don't, you save on the Christmas money. (laughs) Yeah. And if you already bought him something like, and you gave it to him already, like, it's okay. Just give it, just be like, Oh, my nice good deed for the rest of the year. And just like, move on. Like, do not ask for stuff back. Just let bygones be bygones. Like get Mm. out of my life, move on. Right. Yeah. It's like the whole vacuum thing. Like get out of my life. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, I do my New Year's resolutions a few weeks early mm-hmm. because uh, my birthday's in a few days. What are you going to do for your birthday, Maria, in 2020? Nothing, literally nothing. But I always use my birthday as my resolution day. Um, what are some of your resolutions for 2021? Literally nothing. <laughs> get vaccinated. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh yeah, get vaccinated. I will say one thing that I'm very grateful for too when it comes to my birthday. I'm so happy I'm not friends with people who would post photos where I look like shit, but they look amazing to say happy birthday to me on their stories. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, you know how people post on Instagram stories like, oh, it's it's so-and-so's birthday, happy birthday, but it's like a thirst trap of them with their oh, friends. I'm, I'm not friends with people who um, on my birthday post a picture of their wedding day <laughs> where I'm- <laughs> Where you're a guest. <laughs> I'm the guest at their wedding, but it's their wedding day. And it's just an, it's just an excuse to show themselves on their wedding day. And it's like, okay, it's been 50 years. Funny. Like I want to think about 2021. I did write like business goals and they're all like, you know, with the understanding that of COVID and with the understanding of like how difficult matchmaking is going to be when, you know, so much of our clients live in the Northeast and Northeast winters are so brutal um, but at the same time, we're currently getting, you know, a record amount of people signing up. So it's, you know, you're juggling, you know, people who want to be matched at a time when we have to be incredibly creative with how they're going to meet in person. So yeah, yeah. that vaccine can't come out soon enough. That's one. The other one is um, getting my son potty trained. That's a good one. So I have one closure letter. I love when people send me closure letters. So if you have a closure letter, you can always send it to us on askamatchmaker.com. It's a place where, you know, you could send us your questions, your closures, your rants, let us know how it's going. And that way we can read them to you and give you that piece of closure. <laughs> um, and it's out in the world, you know, you don't, have to, don't send that email to your ex-boyfriend. They're never going to read it. They don't care. But if you need to establish closure, let us help you with it. All right. So I'm not going to say the name here, but dear L. I would like to start off by thanking you for everything that we shared, the good, the bad, and the ugly. All of it has shaped who I am today. Although this process has been challenging, I know there is a light at the end of the tunnel. In life, we face difficulties. This quote, life breaks everyone at one point, but the survivors get up and keep going even if they're a bit broken, has become my daily motivation. Someone is really hurt. Uh, I think the biggest lesson I've learned is to take every day as it comes. Not every day will be your best and that's okay. Another lesson I've learned is it's okay to have feelings, but more importantly to share them so they don't build up and eventually break you down. That is so true. With that being said, I hate that my love for you blinded me to the fact that I almost allowed you to change aspects of me. I also hate that you almost convinced me that I wasn't good enough for you. More 
most importantly, it's okay and important to move on even if both are not in agreement. It's perfectly fine to be selfish and look out for yourself, especially if you're about to get into a lifelong commitment. I think a part of me will always love you and what we share together. Although it's not easy and can sometimes be scary, it's definitely time to let go of it all and leave it in the past. I wish you all the best and an abundance of happiness in your future endeavors. Yeah. You know, the, my only takeaway on her closure and I, and I hope she's listening is, you know, she uses the word hate a lot, a few times. And the one thing that I have discovered is that the opposite of love or like is not hate. It's indifference. I hope even just me reading this out, you know, brings her a sense of closure where she can get to the place of indifference. I agree. This one client during a session, she was like, I think this man, the very similar kind of tone. She was saying how I just want him to know, like, I just hope he's like seeing all the success that I have right now in my life. Mm. And I just like, I, I wonder what he's thinking. And I, I just want him to know and seem like, see, and I told her like, why? Like who cares what this person thinks of right. your success? Like he made you miserable. He made you not feel good about yourself. Right. And the fact that you're hoping, the fact that you're hoping that he sees the success gives him more validity of your thoughts than he deserves. So we're trying to get you to the point of exactly what you're saying, like indifference. I don't care. I hope you're doing well, but I truly don't care what you think of me and what what you think of my life or my choices. Right. What I do in my life has absolutely nothing to do with you. But and and it's hard to get there. there. It's super hard. Some people never get there. Some people live their lives in in this way of like, I'm going to do X, Y, Z in my actions, because if other people see it, then maybe if they see this other person and they start talking about me, they're going to say all the good things that I've did. And they're going to be like, huh, she never did that when she was with me. Mm. And then, you know, he's going to be like, oh, why is she better off without me? Oh, I could have had that. And it's like, that's so many steps just to get to that point. And it's like, just live your life. You know, who cares what everybody else thinks? Do what makes you happy. You know, indifference is the best, is such a great word here, Maria. What a- I mean, I just- Even with an ex-boyfriend that I had, that we dated for a while, the relationship was just so awful that I remember visualizing a cliff in the relationship, like at the end of it. And I'm on this cliff and yes, I love you. I love you. I love you until I got off that cliff. Like, you know, I just fell off the cliff, like plummeted down. You didn't push him down? No, no, no. Like I was visualizing myself on this cliff or you could put a roller coaster. It was a visualization nonetheless. And like all of a sudden there's a drop and I went from love, 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 love to just complete indifference immediately. And I just kind of moved on. I haven't really thought about him since then. Like, I don't, I don't really, I don't, I I generally do not care about this person. And, but then I've had other relationships where it didn't last that long, where it took me so much time. Like I would even admit a year just to get to that indifference. Like I dated a person for two months and it would take me a whole year to get to indifference because of maybe how that relationship ended or I, I don't know why, but you know, it's, it's tough and it, it feels so freeing to get to that place. Okay. So somebody messaged me during the Thanksgiving edition of ask a matchmaker 
and said that she was, she had gone on two dates with someone and then he ghosted her. And a month later, she's walking at the park and she sees him at a distance. And then as they paths cross, they looked at each other, but neither person said hi to each other. And uh, I think her question to me was like, why are men trash? (laughs) And you had a lot of thoughts about this. I I had a lot of thoughts, but you go first. Well, why don't you go first? How is the question, why are men trash? You passed them too. (laughs) You could have been like, "Uh, I can see you. And then I continued on walking. But like, see, like, so I, I really you. disagree with you on this. Um, I don't think it's her responsibility to say hi. I think it's he's the one that ghosted. He's a ghost. Why should she say hi to a ghost? She can't see him. I look, say she saw him way across, way across the street on a New York street, way across, and he didn't see her. And she just saw him walk by. She's like, all right, he's alive. And now I could just like, continue on with my life. She's not, she doesn't have to say hi, but where they literally pass each other and they make eye contact and there's like no, a peep, no peep word, no words exchanged. I would have been just like, Hey guy. Hi. See you. I see you're alive. Bye. Like, hi, have a nice life. Bye. I don't know. I would never do that. I love how people think I'm the confrontational one. I would just, I would just, maybe my eyes would like go wide open. Like, see you're alive. (laughs) I don't, I don't talk to ghosts. I don't, mm. Nope. I feel like if someone did something so cowardly, you know what I would do is I wouldn't even give them the eyesight. If that's happened to me, I've, I've actually, I went on a few dates with this guy who, by the way, this particular person for like, like for years, like for years, every time I was at an event, he would try to flirt with me and he would, you know, he would always ask me out and i be like no and we have a lot of mutual friends in common I think one of my close friends actually was like in their wedding party and um because now they're married anyway and finally you know one year he asked such a stupid trick but he asked me out in front of our friends and I was like all right I'm not gonna shut him down in front of his friends so like in front of our mutual friends so I went out with him and um the, the date actually went really well like I even had my roommate at the time call to kind of get me out. And I was like, no, no, it's going great. Bye. Like I hung up, you know, like, stop and calling. yeah, stop calling me anyway. So then we went on a second date. We went on a, we went on a couple of dates. Um, and then, uh, you know, we're a little intimate, all that stuff. And then he just like, kind of off like, you know, I don't want to say ghost, but like, I also, I also felt like fizzled out too. But anytime I saw him at events after that, and I'm talking about for like seven years now. So anytime I saw him at any event, maybe two or three times a year, I wouldn't even get a hello. Like he never said hi to me. And so what I decided to do after he did that at the first event or the second event with me, where not even acknowledgement, I was just like, oh, you're a ghost. I'm just not going to look at you again. And I, we would be in a circle of friends and I, I would see through him. Like I couldn't even see his face my eyes never met his. That was just not a scenario that we lived in. Like, I can't see a ghost. I'm not going to talk to you. So because I have this history, I know that if I were this woman walking at the park and I saw my ghost coming, I wouldn't even give him eye contact. I would just look away and just talk to my friend, maybe, maybe fake laugh to be like, oh my God, you're so stupid. Or, or maybe I would say, as I'm passing him to my friend, or maybe I'd pick up the phone. Oh, hold up. I'm passing my ghost. You know? <laughs> I mean, I, 
I just, I hear what you're saying. I feel like there's so much energy putting in to make believe that this person doesn't exist when he's clearly right there. So um, while he's passing by me and he's making eye contact, I probably would have been like, boo, and then continued on with my life. Who's pettier, you saying boo to the guy or me saying How to a person petty? next to me? Um, you know, okay, but you're, hold up, you're this, pretending- this is my ghost. <laughs> you're pretending that the guy doesn't exist. I'm clearly acknowledging his existence and saying, boo. <laughs> I just find that so mortifying. Yeah, I was single. I, I would be single, cringing you know, right now. I would, I would just, I, I feel like if I was single, I would be single for a reason, for these, <laughs> these reasons. Hey, boo. <laughs> hey, boo. <laughs> that, that, that the amount of cringe would keep me up hey, at boo. night. No, no. Hey, maybe I should change it. So instead of just to be like, boo. I would be like, hey, boo. <laughs> oh, both are cringe, but um, stop acting like I don't exist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, we have a couple of really great episodes coming up uh, the rest of this month. We have an episode with uh, Dr. Jess from Sex with Dr. Jess. We have an episode with the ladies from Girls Gotta Eat. Raina and Ash will be joining us in a few weeks. We have another episode with Erica Enton and how to handle the holiday season during uh, lockdown in some areas. And yeah, and then that's it. And then we go into the new year and we have more guests coming up. So, uh, so, you know, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to Ask a Matchmaker every week. And thank you so much for sending in your questions every Wednesday on Ask a Matchmaker. Thank you so much to everyone who contributed to World Central Kitchen last week. Um, I can't believe we raised $1,650 for such an amazing charity. Um, it really, it really helps people. And it's also just even bringing awareness to a charity. I think that can help too. This is a weird year for, for many people. And, um, I hope we can end it on a positive note by truly getting rid of the people that just don't belong in our lives in the next year and finding a place of indifference for those people. People who give you anxiety or people who leave you confused, I don't think they belong in your life and we should just leave them in 2020 where they belong in the dumpster fire that is this year. That said, Priscilla, thank you so much for joining us on Ask a Matchmaker. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Thank you again for listening to Ask a Matchmaker. If you love what you heard and you have not already, rate, review, and of course, subscribe. You can follow me on Instagram at matchmakermaria for more dating and relationship tips. Until then, be lovable and more importantly, be likable. See you next week.